Creating and launching a successful mobile app isn't one of the easiest things in the world to do. But according to serial entrepreneur and co-creator of the Run Buddy app, Scott Sutter, who's my guest on this week's Doer's Journey podcast, it is possible for you to do. In this episode, Scott shares the story with you of how he and his wife created the app, as well as the many business lessons he's learned along the way. Welcome to the Doer's Journey podcast, the podcast that will motivate and inspire you to not only be a hearer, but to start being a doer. Because you know deep in your heart that there's so much more in you. The purpose of each episode is to provide you with actionable steps that you can take to assist you in your journey towards your goals. We will have topics that are relevant to you, and you'll hear from experts and influencers that will provide you with information you can take action on. I'm your host, Carlos Frank, now let's be doers and dive into this episode. All right, Doers Journey Podcast family, welcome to another episode. And I'm excited today because I have a former teammate of mine and classmate at the Citadel. Well, he was one year behind me, but we have Scott Sutter on the phone with us, or not on the phone. I'm right here, man. I'm with yeah, you. You're right here with us on <laughs> Zoom. Um, we've been talking back and forth or texting back and forth on the phone, but he's on the podcast with us. And I wanted to get Scott on this podcast for a couple of things. Scott is the developer and founder of an app called Run Buddy. And I wanted to get on this podcast with him and talk to him about that, talk to him about the story behind that. And also, I've had many of you talk about you wanting to develop your own app as well. So I wanted to pick Scott's brain and see what the process was like uh, in creating that app, uh, some of the mistakes he made, some of the, the good things that happened. But we just wanted to pick his brain on this. So I'm very happy that Scott's on board with us right now. So Scott, yeah, Thanks, man. Man. welcome to the Doer's Journey podcast. Right on. Yeah, man. So, Scott, well, first of all, for my friends that were at the Citadel, I do want to confirm because one of the things we always talked about with Scott, and I don't know, I think, I don't know if sometimes he liked this, but we joked around a lot about it. He still has that beautiful head of hair like he always had <laughs> yeah. 20 I, years ago. Man, listen, I, I, I can't walk past open windows and, you know, I have to let the hair, you know, flow in the breeze, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. I, grew, I grew it myself. <laughs> and I'm still sitting here with the Citadel. I've actually shaved it all off. Not like I had a lot of hair before anyway, so. You're, you're high speed, low drag. That's all, man. That's all you're a sprinter. That, that's how you got to roll, man. So Scott and I were uh, room, or teammates on the track team. So we competed together for three years on, on the track squad. So it's awesome. When I saw Scott developing this app, I was like, man, this is right up his alley. So Scott, tell us a little bit about your doer's journey before you started the app to where you're at now. Sure. So I am in the insurance business. I own a commercial insurance brokerage. I've owned it for 10 years now. Uh, as, like you said, we were both in, uh, involved in track and field. After graduation, I wanted to stay involved in that community. So along with that evolution, I said, like, maybe I should become a race director. So now, next thing you know, I'm hosting local 5Ks and marathons. And uh, then I bought my own timing equipment. And now I'm timing my own races and timing other people's races. And it was this really neat evolution in the distance running community uh, where I was able to stay involved and meet other people. Cause you and I, like we had our chance in the sun, right? Like we were in the light for, for our time and now it's time for us to give the stage and the light to other people. So it's been humbling to give people that platform and to applaud them when they're doing well and when they're not, you know, it, 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 it it's been, it's been wonderful. So we've been super involved in the distance running community. Um, and that's one of the reasons why it led us into run buddy because we saw these awful attacks and murders that were occurring uh, all over the country. Some of them were not being reported. Some of them were being reported and we knew we needed something to do. My wife and I, Ruthie, because uh, we can host, you know, these races in the afternoon that are free, you know, free group runs in little tiny Summers, Connecticut, where we live now, where there's 6,000 people. And you might have, you know, 60 people show up at six o'clock on a Wednesday. 
but we knew we were smarter than that. We knew we could do more than just, you know, giving a safe place to run for 60 people. So Ruthie and I, we were always trying to think of ways that we can help more people. And then one day she gets back from a run in the state forest and she kicks open the door and she's like, run buddy. And I was like, okay. And she says, let's build an app that if something happens to me, you know, right away. And other people know right away. And you can see exactly where I am. And I said, that's great. And she said, go make it happen. So she took me off the, she took me off the leash and I, just ran and did it. Uh, so now we have world, literally a runner anywhere in the world could be tracked by their loved ones. And it was, uh, thankfully we haven't helped anybody yet. It, that's been an, an awful situation, but it, in the meantime, it's giving people a wonderful peace of mind as their loved ones are out enjoying their independent sport. Oh, that's awesome, man. So take us back a little bit uh, in that story. What are some of the uh, biggest races maybe that you've been involved with when it comes to the timing piece and all of that? Oh, man. So uh, just this past year, I was on the timing crew for the Boston Marathon. Mm. It was a humbling experience. We, uh, one of my friends owns a timing company and he times a uh, quite a few of the timing locations in the marathon. And he said, Hey, do you want to help? <laughs> I would say, yeah, I want to help. So we got to go there and we show up a few days in advance. He was there a week in advance and to see the, the amount of work that goes into putting on a race like that, it was mind bending. Like it was, it was awesome to see how much work truly went into a race of that caliber. Uh, I, I had a small role. I just helped the guys set up the equipment, you know, for the race at my time point, the half marathon, but man, it was awesome. Like it really was awesome. It was cool. Now, did, did you ever compete in that? Oh gosh, no, no. Marathon <laughs> is way too far, man. Like that is just, It's 26.2 miles. is long. Uh, no, the, uh, I've never, I will be running. I was supposed to run in the Marine Corps Marathon with one of my classmates, uh, okay. Matt Kubelek, but the Marine Corps Marathon, uh, you know, he was running his first marathon and he was hurt and I'm, I hadn't run in a marathon yet and I've been hurt. I was like, well, maybe we can both run it together and we'll, we'll enjoy the experience together. But uh, they went virtual. So he's going to run on his own down in DC and I'm going to run on my own up here in Connecticut. Okay. Now Boston Marathon on the average, what would you say the number of people that run in that? Oh gosh, um, between thirty and fifty thousand. There's oh, like wow. six waves or something like that. I mean, it is massive. It right. is just this, and you have to qualify for it. That's one uh -huh. of the big. That's one of the big draws to to Boston. Not only is it the oldest ongoing marathon in the world, but you have to qualify for it either on time or through fundraising in order to get onto the starting line. Right now, did you ever do the bridge run here in Charles? I did. Okay. And I'll admit that I ran it as a bandit my senior year. <laughs> I jumped in uh, again because I had a few friends and I didn't sign up and I was like, I'll just jump in. Oh, and, man. Uh, so I didn't officially run. The, right. uh, so that's the one thing I just saw. So I just openly, I ran as a bandit one time. People. <laughs> that's it. One time. That's hilarious. I'll the kettle black. I won't. <laughs> so I don't get too mad about bandits, but. Yeah. Well, I'm just imagining because I've run it a couple of times and you get up to 30,000 people there and that's just a 10K. So I could imagine 30 plus thousand having to track and time for 26.2 miles in a marathon. So, so talk, talk to us about that because, you know, you think of timing and, and a lot of people, at least when I initially thought about it, it was like, okay, they crossed the finish line but there's a little more two timing when it comes to these longer races. So what are some of the, like the, the equipment or whatever, whatever that really goes into timing that type of distance? So I'll tell you more about the, the races that I host, because mm -hmm. I'll tell you more about the, the stuff that we have. We, uh, so one of the races that we host is called the arena attack. And what I do is I rent the, all right. So going back to our, our Citadel days, right? So coach Huddleston, our coach, uh, if it was really stinking hot outside or really raining, coach would bring us into the field house. And there are the concourses on the second level that he would say, okay, you go do your interval workout up on the concourses, which is where the bathrooms are. So if you leave, like you're watching a basketball game and you go out to the concourse to get your food or go to the bathroom, that's the concourse. So we would run laps on the concourse. So I'm up here in Connecticut and I said, 
man, wouldn't that be cool if we did something up here in the middle of winter when there's a foot and a half of snow on the ground? So I called the Excel Center, which is in Hartford. It's our local arena. And I left a message for the booking director on his voicemail. I was like, hey, listen, you know, like, wouldn't it be cool if we did like an indoor marathon, half marathon? Would you be open to it? Five minutes later, he calls me back. And I walk out of my bedroom and I look at my wife. And I'm just like, I think I just rented the Excel Center. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, so this is our 10th year coming up. This year is our 10th year. Uh, we've been in three different states. And what we use is this uh, radio frequency identification. It's just a little tag that we attach to your shoe. And as you run laps, uh, we've got these sensors. So as you come through, it just has to see your tag for a, the smallest of a moment. And I can see, I count all your laps for you. And I, I know, and I know when you finish. Mm -hmm. uh, and then what we do is to keep track because it's 165 laps to get to the marathon uh, in that building in the Excel center. So what we do is we have this huge uh, projection screen and I project the lap count. So as you come through, you'd see Carlos Frank, uh, you're on lap 65 of 165, you know, oh, something wow. like that. So it was really cool. Like, and it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's evolved over time, but uh, we get in, you get into, you know, the bigger races, there's GPS tracking, there's all sorts of really neat stuff that you can, uh, that you get involved in. Mm -hmm. Man. So now with, with Run Buddy, I know you mentioned it a little bit. If you were in an elevator with me and I asked you real quick, hey, what do you do? And you were talking about Run Buddy. What, what's your elevator speech when it comes to that? So I always ask, have you ever, have you ever been in a situation while you're out for your run that you wish you knew some that in that moment you wish you knew someone knew where you were. Mm. And that's usually enough. Um, people were say, yeah, I wish there was an opportunity. Well, we built an app for that. And that's usually where we can, yeah, I get the conversation started. So when I do meet people uh, that are runners or who are cyclists uh, who are like to go on hikes and stuff like that, that's usually where I start the conversation. That's that's a great question because that made me automatically. I trained for the Charleston Half Marathon, and I remember one day I was actually running from North Charleston to Somerville during my training. Yeah, and I was probably Scott. I was probably about maybe a mile away from my house, and man, my body just said no more. I'm not going yep. anywhere. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, you know, I had my cell phone on me. And I was able to call my wife and, you know, her first question, of course, is, you know, where are you at? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I was still, my mental faculties were still there. It was just my body yep. was trying to shut down and cramp up yep. on me. Fortunately, oh, I was able to tell her. And that makes me think about, man, if I would have had Run Buddy and, um, you know, maybe she had it. And you can talk a little bit about how it works. Then she would, yep. even if I couldn't answer that question, she would have known where I was at. So, so how does it work? Talk, talk us through how it works. If your spouse has it, you have it or whatever. How, how yeah. it works. So the way we built it is, is it's an app. And so you download it to your phone and someone else has to download it. So there's in-app messaging. So what it does is if in case you're not moving fast enough or you've stopped moving for a certain period of time that you get to select. So let's say you've stopped moving for five minutes. The phone will automatically send an alert to your wife or to up to five friends that you've selected saying, Hey, Carlos isn't moving or he's moving really slow. Maybe, maybe check on him just to see how things are going. Mm. So they just pick up the phone, they call you, they send you a text and worst case scenario, you know, you're, yeah, I had to stop for a bathroom break and I forgot to hit the pause button, you know, something like that. Uh, otherwise, you know, the, you know, it's not just people attacking us. Like I, I understand I'm not Superman. I have to worry about, you know, what if I trip and fall and I hit my head and I'm unconscious? What happens if I get hit by a car? Uh, what happens if I have a heart attack? Uh, there's, there's health issues that I would be nervous about. I'm worried about crazy people. I'm, I'm worried about that too. Um, so, there, so that's why we built the app is just, you know, to keep people connected. So this way, if in case I wasn't moving fast enough, not only to, would my wife get an alert, but she would see me all the time, no matter what. She'd see me on a map, on her phone, exactly where I was. There's also, uh, so if you're moving too fast, there's an alert that goes out. So let's say you've been abducted, you're in a car, uh, an alert would go out. Uh, or if your phone is smashed, so let's say you're hit by a car or you're attacked and someone smashes your phone, 
an immediate alert goes out. So this way, you're, whoever's watching you knows to get in touch with you. There's also a panic button. So if you need it kind of discreet, like, hey, why don't you check on me real quick? You just hit the panic button and then someone will call you to make sure that you're okay. And again, all the while people see you, you know, in real time. And you mentioned it a little bit earlier, Scott, but what prompted you guys to start this? I know you said Ruthie ran in, but what are some of the stories or maybe one story that made you think, man, if, if this person would have had Run Buddy or if maybe you have a personal story yourself that you could share with us? So we're just good stewards of the distance running community, endurance sport in general. And a few years ago, 2006, 2017, 2016, 2017, these awful stories of women being attacked and, and, and murdered while they were out on their runs. One just happened the other day. You haven't seen it on the news yet, you know, but it was just down in Texas where a, a woman, uh, a, a mother of two children and a husband murdered just mm. while she was out on a run. Mm. And this, that's painful for, for me and Ruthie. And I, we just felt like we needed to, to help people. There was something that, you know, we could do that would help our friends in the distance sport community stay safe right. uh, or give them a tool that they can work with. Mm-hmm. And that's where we came up with run buddy. Like I said, like we can do as many little group runs as we can, but this was something that was a holistic approach to making people safer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, that's, that's why we built it. Cause we want to prevent these stories. We want people to, you know, carry a phone with them and be safe. It's not just using our app, you know, like be aware, you know, of your surroundings, you know, know how to protect yourself, um, communicate with people, you know, and it just, it, again, it was just a tool that we wanted to build to, to help people stay safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned also that fortunately that you haven't had to have a testimonial of how no. run buddy has, has saved somebody, but what are some of the things, what are some of the good things you're hearing about, you know, run buddy as people are using it now? Well, it's wonderful that people are feeling safer. And unfortunately, you know, that testimonial is going to come at some point, you know, and it's, it's, it's going to be a good, it's a good thing and a bad thing. Like, cause it means that something awful is going to have to transpire in order for someone to say, Hey, you know what, you know, run buddy, you know, helped us out in the situation. The biggest thing was our friend, uh, Kelly Heron, who was, who's got a wonderful story into her, uh, uh, in herself. Uh, she was attacked while she was out running and she took it in a, in a, in a super positive way. And she began to advocate, uh, she became, uh, um, an activist and, uh, and she became advocating for runner safety, uh, self-defense, self-awareness, and she, uh, she joined us as our spokesperson and helped us found the company. So for her and her perspective and her background, for her to come on and join us on Run Buddy on the founding team, I mean, that was a, what better stamp of approval can you get than, right. than that of Kelly Aaron? That's awesome. You know, I, I'm involved with a group of guys. I don't know if you've ever heard of F3 but F3 Nation is a bunch of guys. We work out yeah. together. Yeah, yeah, it's like the dad's group, right? Something like that. Is that the? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a men's leadership group. Yes, but, yes, yep. I heard it. Yep. So it's called F3, F3 yep. Nation. And, you know, a lot of these guys, they are, they're endurance athletes. You know, I actually interviewed somebody, I think it was maybe episode, I'm not going to give the number, but his name is Dave Moore. He's an endurance athlete and he just completed yep. a 134 mile race. Um, and immediately when I saw you create and launch Run Buddy, I immediately posted about it in our men's group. Thanks, man. And because, yeah, a lot of these guys, they run, they bike, you know, they ruck, and they're going crazy miles. And sometimes they go early in the morning. Right. And fortunately, you know, they know a lot of these safety rules, which I'm actually going to ask you about here in a minute. But they know about these safety rules about, you know, what to do when they're about to go somewhere. Kind of like when you go yeah. boating, you know, that stuff yeah. you hear when you go boating, make sure you tell somebody. Right. Um, but it just made me think about that, man. So so if somebody doesn't have Run Buddy or let's say they do have Run Buddy. Should they just depend on that alone or what are some other tips you would give to runners Um, when it comes to going out and being safe when they go out and do these things running is just a run buddy is just a tool you know it's just a safety tool that's it letting people know 
you know, where you're going, what you're doing. It's always good to have that eye contact, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to go for my run now kind of thing. And just be smart. Just don't get in. Just don't put yourself in a, in a, in a situation or try your best not to put yourself in a situation where would, it would be unsafe. Mm-hmm. You and I, I mean, we're guys. Uh, I've never walked into a dark parking lot afraid. You know, I've never had to worry about that. Uh, and and I, I only realized this until like I got married and Ruthie was telling me about how her mom would be scared for, you know, leaving work at one o'clock in the morning. And I speak with these other women. I'm just, holy mackerel. I've never really had to think about my safety like that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there was one time I was on the track and this is actually when it, when the conversation came up, it was early in our marriage and I was running on the track and there was, it was kind of dusky and I'm doing my interval workout on the track uh, right here in town. And there's this older couple that was on the track with me. They were kind of doing their laps and there's a young lady and um, the, the older couple were done with their walk. So they left and I, and the young lady left too. And I knew she wasn't done yet. She was doing her workout too, but there was a man on the course that she did not know. And she did the right thing, the smart thing. And she left. Mm. And I went home and I, I talked to Ruthie about it. And she was like, yeah, that's how all women have to think. And I was, and it, it struck me so hard that, you know, here, here's another reason why we built run buddy, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to help people feel safe and, and stay connected. It was uh, it was an eye opening experience that day mm-hmm. on the track, but Kelly is a, is a, she speaks to that better than I ever can. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, but from my perspective, just, just, you know, don't wear headphones, stay focused on people, try to run in safe areas, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, and that's really it. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a big one for me, Scott, wearing the headphones. Um, you know, and I've told my wife, Hey, you know, make sure you don't have, if anything, don't have two headphones in your ear, especially, you know, now we got AirPods and all that. Cause it's a distraction. Right. Right. And people can sneak up on you. Things, cars can sneak up on you if you're not paying attention. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. So, um, not, not, not a product shot. We don't represent them at all or anything like that, but we, um, these aftershocks, check these out. So they're, they're bone conductive. Uh-huh. So you put them, you wear them like this. So mm-hmm. your ears are open mm-hmm. and it just, and there's vibrations here that it goes into your, I don't know how it works, but it's off of vibration. So all it does is just make the vibration. You can hear the music in your ear, like in stereo, mm-hmm. and your ear is open. So if someone were to walk into the room, or if I hear, I don't help, I can still hear the cars coming and people running behind me or a bike or whatnot. Wow. It's actually really neat. So a little product shot. Um, again, we're not that's we're not sponsored by them at all. But uh, just right. to, I bought a pair for Ruthie too, and uh-huh. they are awesome. They are super cool. Well, you can't, uh, I think one takeaway from this is, you know, you can't put a price on peace of mind. So knowing that your loved one's safe, you're safe when you're going out, that there is this, you know, tool that you guys have created and and run buddy is great. So now, you know, run buddy, you called it run buddy, but I sent you a message probably maybe a week or two after you, you, you launched the product. Is this only for runners? No. And I, and there was the, Maybe we could have named it something different, you know, uh, admittedly, but there is a cycling option, a walking option, uh, you know, of course the running option, uh, people have been using it. There's adaptive uses where bartenders have been using it when they leave work. Mm. So this way their spouse knows, or their, you know, their, their loved one knows that they've gotten home Right. because they'll walk, they'll use it, walk out to the car, they can follow them on their drive home. And then once they're in their apartment or in their house, they're good to go. So this mm-hmm. way they're not texting or anything like that. Um, but I, what I will say is, and I should, I should, we should talk about this is run buddy is a little different than what's out there. There's the Stravas of the world, the, mm-hmm. the, the road IDs. This is a little different wherein it constantly tracks someone. Uh, as soon as you turn the on button on that to begin tracking, Run Buddy will track, will let your loved ones know that you're going for a run or a walk or ride, and it'll track you the entire time and, and keep you in constant contact. Uh, other apps, which are just as important, you, you need to use one of them, right? If you're not using Run Buddy, use one of them, wherein at least uh, uh, one app they do a it's a it's a three hour countdown. So if you don't check in in three hours, mm-hmm. an alert gets texted out. 
uh, the Apple Watch, for instance. It's a little expensive, but if you crash, an alert will go out if you set it up appropriately. Uh, so there's stuff like that that's out there that it's not just Run Buddy. Run Buddy is, you know, it's $9.99 a year, 99 cents a month, and it's free for Endor, right? And you can cancel at any time. And it's seven, first seven days are free. We made it, and all you need is a, is a smartphone. And the reason why we made it so inexpensive is we wanted to democratize that level of safety for as many people as possible. Ruthie and I, you know, we own our own companies. We're not trying to get rich off of this. Like this is something where we built it because we're just good stewards of the running community. And we're hoping, you know, if we do make money on it, wonderful, you know, that's great. Uh, we'll parlay that into, into something else that, you know, we'll into, into run buddy. But, uh, but that's why we built it and why it's unique versus, mm -hmm. you know, otherwise if there was something that existed like run Bay out there, we wouldn't have built it. So mm -hmm. we need to, we wouldn't have invested that capital and time and the emotion into it. You know, right. it was, uh, it was something that was needed. So we built it. Right. So now with the app itself and we'll start getting into to that conversation, yep. what happens if your spouse doesn't have uh, doesn't have it on their phone. Is there some other way that it can be tracked on run buddies in like, let's say, God forbid something did happen. Right. And John Smith is out there running and something happens with John Smith, but John Smith's spouse accidentally deleted the app. Is there a fail safe on run buddies in that if the police wanted to come back and take a look, is that something that's built into there? Yeah. So we, so first off, you could choose up to five people, right? Okay. It's free to down. So like, if you want the full functionality of those alerts, that's mm -hmm. the subscription. That's the 99 cents a month or 9.99 year. It's free to download forever if you just want to view your loved one while they're running and receive their alerts. So this way, it's there's no cost to someone because we want people to use it. Okay. If someone were to delete it, we can't, you know, necessarily help that. That's why we have allowed, you know, for other so the runner or whoever the user is to select more than just one. Mm -hmm. uh, and yes, so we do track while the app is being used on our server. So this way, if in case, and we, we know that at some point the police are going to call from somewhere and say, Hey, we have an investigation going on with, they're going to subpoena us for mm -hmm. our GPS on this account. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Like that's why we held on to it. You know, okay. and one of the, one of the things that we'd like to do is we get more users. We're going to start getting uh, hotspots of like where, you know, alerts are being triggered and whatnot. And my, once we have enough data and we see where alerts are coming off, I think that would be helpful for us to actually approach different towns and say, Hey, listen, you're getting alerts in this section of town. Mm -hmm. What can we do? You know, here's some metric to help you build your case to put in um, like a push button or something like that, mm -hmm. you know, a, a panic button that's there or increase patrols, you know, cause the, everything has to be metric based and justified based on something. Right. So here's some more evidence to, to help people to, to be safer. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's one of the things we see ourselves, you know, using our, our info for. That's awesome. So it sounds like you, you guys have put a lot of thought into this, into the future and all that. So now when you first started Run Buddy, was it initially, did you just start it for runners and then it evolved into, hey, people reaching out to you because they wanted it for biking? How, how did that evolution go? Well, we knew we wanted it to be for anyone in the endurance community. So runners, walkers, cyclists, we started off with that. Mm -hmm. We should have named it something other than run buddy. Right. Mm -hmm. So, cause we want it, cause it kind of pigeonholes us in the name, but that, that ship has sailed. Maybe one day we'll, you know, we'll, we'll rebrand. So yeah, it's, it's good for, you know, anything really, if you're, you're out swimming, Mm -hmm. you're a distance swimmer, you know, they, nowadays they have these buoys that you tow along with you that you blow up and you can just stick your phone in there. They'll mm. literally stick their phone in there and some nutrition and some hydration and mm. they'll go for their three or you know five mile swim. You can literally bring Run Buddy with you on a swim. Mm -hmm. So there, there's lots of different uses. You drive home, you got your kid that's driving home, you know, from wherever they're driving to and from. You can follow them along on Run Buddy. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of different neat little uses that, you know, you don't have to be tracked all the time it's, you know, it's when you hit the start button and when you hit the end button, that's in between those times is when you're being tracked. So okay. it's, uh, there's been a lot of adaptive uses, but, uh, but yeah, it was, and people have come to us with other ideas and stuff like mm -hmm. that, but 
the distance, the endurance sport community is so huge. It's such mm-hmm. a gigantic industry right. that we really don't have to branch out. Like this is what we're, we're going to focus on what our, our core mission is mm-hmm. protecting endurance athletes. That's what we're going to do. We're going to get real good at that. And then let's see where it goes from there. Right. Right. And then if it crosses over, like you said, into people like the bartenders, yeah. And that's just, a, you know, an added benefit, a plus that somebody's using it to track their kids or whatever, because it's yeah. doing such a good job on the other side. So, so I, like, I like that. Yeah. And it's, and, you know, they're getting more use out of it instead right. of just while they're running, they're getting to use it, you know, in their daily lives too, which is, which is, that's great. That's awesome. So Scott, let's transition a little bit. So, so Ruthie comes into the house about her after a run. and she points at you and says run buddy yeah so let's talk a little bit about the the app process because i know some of the listeners are listening for that process so talk to us about kind of how it started out and what were some of the first steps you guys took in the app process so we've built other software in the past you know on the insurance side where you know we've done some click quote buy type stuff and Really, I, I so I, I I was somewhat familiar in building software. I am not a programmer. Uh, I, I that's not me. But I just called around. Uh, so let's talk about Run Buddy specifically. Uh, I called around. Like here we are up in the Northeast. I called MIT. No one knew how to help me. I called the other programmer that we worked out of California. They had no one that could help me, nor could they give me a referral. Uh, I ended up, I was going into my Rolodex, you know, just trying to find somebody that can help us. And lo and behold, I ended up calling a, uh, or sending an email to a contact of mine that's um, the president of a gaming, like a video gaming uh, association, video gaming development, uh, you know, some programmers and stuff like that build video games. And I was like, his name's Marty. And I was like, Marty, like, do you have anybody that would want to do something like this or could help me with a GPS-based app? And he said, I got just the guy. And lo and behold, because our company is based out of Worcester, Massachusetts. We're just outside of Boston. And he's like, and they're in Worcester. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. So they are at the, it's a company called uh, Petrichor. And this really neat college in Worcester called Becker College they have a video game programming major. Like that's wow. what they do. And what better person, what better group of people than a video game company to build something, an app that not only is it good to make it user-friendly and to make it appealing to look at, right? So you make it look like a video game. Mm-hmm. So these guys were so intuitive. You know, we gave them the pitch. We didn't even have a pitch deck. We were just like, this is what we're thinking over a phone call. I talked to their, to their, their president and holy moly off we went. And it was, but it, it, it took, it was easy three weeks. Me just trying to, for me, beginning my search for someone even to talk to, to the point where I had that awesome conversation, a lot of phone calls, lots of emails. Yeah. And you know, that reminds me, I just, Scott did an episode is episode 15 and that's what i was looking up it said mm-hmm. the title of it is how to be resourceful so you can become unstoppable when you're facing a lack of resources so man i, I just love the fact that you just got on the phone you got this idea you didn't say you know what man i don't know how to program so i'm not gonna do this you got on your phone out. now where did, where did you learn that having that type of mentality I don't know. I think I've always just, I can't say I've always had it. Um, but like, like if you want to make something happen, you just make it happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So you just make the phone call, you introduce yourself. I didn't know. I met Marty like twice, mm-hmm. like, but at the same time, he and me, like if someone comes to me and says, Hey, could you help me make this opportunity occur? Heck yeah, of course. Like, cause then that, that's wonderful. Like you get to be a part of a process and that's wonderful. Um, but when you want something done, you know, it's just, it goes back to athletics. It goes back to, if you're a, a hardcore student, if you want to get that grade, you want to get that time, you want to hit that mark, like you just do it. You train, you get ready. And then you just, you just get to it. No matter what, you're just going to, you're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And that's, 
I, I think it was just a little bit more of like the competitive side of me, you know, mm-hmm. I just, just figure it out, make it happen. You know, and there you go. That's awesome. So now you mentioned something earlier. I want to go back to it. You mentioned something called a pitch deck. What uh-huh. is a pitch deck? <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I found it. So we didn't have one for the longest time up until this year, run buddy turned a year old this year. Um, the only reason why we built one is because we were in a pitch competition, almost like a shark tanky type thing. Okay. But a pitch deck is something where you, it's your elevator pitch where okay. you say, this is what your company is. This is what it does. This is where it's going. This is the, the industry that we're going into. And this is what our plans are, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. So it's, it's real quick. Um, but we never had one. It was all just, you know, conversation and, you know, it's almost like building a business plan. It's the same right. as like a business plan, okay. call it like something like that. Like okay. it's, we never really had a business plan for it. Um, Ruthie and I, now I, I wouldn't recommend people that are new to business, like not have a business plan, like mm-hmm. put a business plan together. Ruthie and I, like we, we, we've been in business for a while. We started other companies, like, and you know, we manage companies now. So it's, we own companies now. So it's, we, we, I felt like, you know, we, we started it with, with a plan in our heads and less on paper, but once we did put it on paper, um, I think we, all of a sudden the map became more visible. And mm-hmm. I think we should have done that pitch deck sooner because it right. kind of gave us some direction after we put it on paper. Right. And I think too, what would you say about just the fact that your passion when you were calling these guys really just drove it? And I know for some people, sometimes having a pitch deck is good. Like you said, hey, you know, if you get one, get one. But sometimes your passion can move things faster than, you know, yeah. the analytics in a, in a pitch deck because you can trip over having analysis paralysis. So what yeah. would you say around that? Well, I, and I think your passion, when you really want something done and when, you're, when your spirit is in the right place, you're doing it for the right reasons. And, and I think people... I mean, when you talk to people and when I talk to people and you can, you, you can feel that passion, it's almost like compelling you to mm. be like, it draws you in. Right. Um, so when you're really that passionate, I, I think that was part of it that helped people say, you know what? Yeah, let's work with Scott and Ruthie on this. So mm. it was, uh, anyway, hopefully that answers your question. I don't yeah, know. no, you do. And you know, Scott, just listening to you and, it's weird to say this, but even as you were posting on Facebook, I could tell that you were passionate about it, that you really believed in this or believe yeah. in this project. Yeah. You know, even as we're talking now, I can tell by just your, your body language and everything, you know, this isn't just some pet project that you're just throwing up there and seeing that sticks. You, you really care about it. You really care about your end users. And, and I think it's, it's showing through okay. in your voice. Thank you. So thank and, you. Yeah. Please I mean, keep was, that up. Thanks, man. No, it was it was a huge, uh, it was a huge investment, of time, emotion, and money. Like it was, but we knew it had to happen. It just had to happen because there's nothing, there's no solution out there like this. And you know what, uh, Ruthie and I, when we started, we said, you know what, if we lose our our investment, that's fine. At least we could say, you know, our conscience is clear that right. we tried. Right. Right. Failure's fine. Failure is really okay. I think more failure should be celebrated. I think in America, like people are scared, scared of failure uh, or they're scared they're going to be judged on their failure. Man, if, if somebody failed because everything looked right on paper, the math looked right, they did some work and you know what, this, you know what, we should do this and they did it and it felt a little short or that's fine. Like that's wonderful. They tried at least that. I mean, how many people don't and they went out and they tried and think of the lessons that they learned in doing that, they might make contacts, you know, so what was a failure, but that's, that's, they're going to meet people along the way. Uh, they're going to gain enormous experience and worst case scenario, let's say that's where it ends right there, right on their deathbed, they could say they tried something. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, you know, I, I, anyway, to get, you know, I don't want to go deep with you there, but it's just like, but that's, but try, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? At least, mm-hmm. at least, you know, you tried, mm-hmm. you know, no, that's, man, you just said a mouthful right there. I, as you were talking, man, I was just like, you said more failure should be celebrated. Yeah. I, I love that. And that's a common thing in my interviews that I've heard from 
you know, and I've interviewed world-class people like yourself and entrepreneurs, athletes, and it's just failing forward, you know, failing fast, failing often and not being scared of it because we have this stigma around failure. And especially in this social media world where all we see are highlights and very few people will be transparent and, you know, post the times that, you know, they've failed and failure's part of the process. Hell yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I celebrate that. I love mm-hmm. when people are out there trying. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, and, and failing, and I always tell people, like my kids and stuff like that, like fail small. Mm-hmm. So don't think grandiose, like, so okay. So if you think you can try something and try it, fail small. If you fail small, you lose small. So try it. Test, 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 test. Learn about yourself, learn what, learn what you're good at. And then when you do see that big opportunity, you've got a little bit of your, your personal resume put together and you've got that confidence to make those bigger bets. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, but yeah, if they just, I, I, I will never, I will never hate on somebody for, for trying when it went on paper, it looked like the right thing to do. You right. know, I'll, that's I'll buy that guy a drink. No problem. Right. Like that's, 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 that's something to be celebrated. That's strong. I love that you share that with your kids. One thing I, I share with my kids and I've shared it several times on the podcast is, you know, we either win or we learn. You know, it's not, it's not winning or losing. You just learned another way or you now know something else that you have to work on. So really you're always winning because you're making an attempt into this. So it's just a mentality shift for who cares if, you know, of course we all want to win and get the first place medal or, or whatever, but you know what, now that I, I just, and what am I thinking of? Um, you know, the guy that invented the light bulb. I don't know why his name escaped my mind. Thomas Edison. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, look, I failed about 10,000 times in making this light bulb. And I don't know if that number's true, but they asked him, you know, how do you feel about that? And he, he was basically like, look, I, I learned 9,999 ways not to do it. Right. But I'm going to keep on going. So right. I love that, man. So let, let's get back into this real quick. I, and I love this, this, this conversation. So you're now you've pitched it you found marty and his group and his crew what were the next steps after finding them so then it was you know them coming back to us and they're saying okay so does this fit your vision so they almost came back with like a vision board and we were blown away like we got really lucky like we found this this group was wonderful um so they came back and they tell us what they're going to do how they're going to do it how much it's going to cost and then we have to say, all right, you know, then we sign on, on the line and, you know, we take it from there. Then it's, so that's just the programming side. Mm-hmm. So now you have to protect yourself legally. Now you got to get your trademark. You got to get, uh, my, my wife and I are partners in this. So we had to get a partner's agreement. Kelly's involved. She's a partner. We had to get a bigger partner agreement to make sure, you know what? Not that we're just trying to, not that we're trying to protect each other ourselves from each other, but listen, these are our rules of engagement. This is how things are going to work. So you got to do all those hard things up front because when you do, when things you know get old or stale down the road, at least you know you, if they do, at least you know you know how to engage each other. There's the insurance side of it. What happens if this thing doesn't go doesn't go right? You know, how do we protect ourselves? Like, what what's our financial backstop? Uh, and all these things cost time, they cost money, and you have to have good relationships around you. So when you have a question, it's a trusted answer that you know you're getting the right input, you're getting the right guidance, having the right bankers around you, those people, just the, getting, having a, a surround, being surrounded by a group of people that understands the situation of running a business and protecting you as a business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, surround yourself with, have a good CPA, have a good attorney, uh, insurance person is right up there in that mix. Uh, have someone that's been there before, someone that's built an app, uh, someone that owns a business, you know, um, on my other company, on the insurance side, I just brought on a guy um, who right out of college, this guy's awesome. <laughs> so he, he buys, so he gets out of college, He's on his way home from bowling one night and he stops at a, uh, a, a hot, uh, we call them dairy bars up here in New England, where you get like an ice cream and a hot dog or something like that. So his name's Ron. 
So Ron stops by uh, the place in town that he's been going to for years. And he, and he said, you know what? I'm going to buy this place as he's, he yelled it to the owner. And the owner's like, you can have it. And he's like, okay. You know, so he shows up the next day. He's like, yo, I was, I was, on, I was being real. Were you being real? And he's like, yeah. So he ends up buying this ice cream store, just him in the store. Next thing you know, uh, years down the road, not only does he have all of these locations and all of these employees and he's, on the board of the national ice cream association. And he's the president of the, the new England association. He really built this little tiny ice cream empire and a, a dairy farmer kicks open the door one day, 20 years later and buys the place from him. He's like, I'm buying your stores. And he's like, it's not for sale. He's like, everything's for the guy's like, everything's for sale. And he's like, I guess you're right. So he ends up selling it to this dairy farmer. Then he's out of job. So he ends up becoming a commercial lender at the bank that he borrowed from for 20 years because they're like, we trust you. So now just come on to our side of the table, lend people money. So he, for the next 12 years, he was a commercial lender. So now I've got this guy, Ron, who I can talk to. I can literally pick up the phone and be like, Ron, this is what's, what's thinking. He's like, whatever, been there, done it, seen it. No big deal. This is how we're going to get around it. He's awesome. Uh, I, also, I also have my father-in-law before Ron came around. Uh, my father-in-law started his company from scratch. Uh, he, they do uh, industrial explosion proofing, believe it or not. So he started from scratch, literally a cardboard box in his, you know, in a phone line in, you know, 1980, what would that have been? 1981. Wow. He started the company and here he's got multiple location, bunch of trucks, bunch of guys, uh, you know, he's been there, done it. So especially in those early days, you know, I could pick up the phone, talk to Pat and be like, yep, that's what that means. This is what this means. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know, or, you know, he was at least, you know, I could talk to him about running a business. Mm -hmm. um, so I've always had these people that were in my corner, you know, that I could, that I could talk to that uh, spoke my language and could lament and celebrate, you know, at mm -hmm. the same time in different places. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but yeah, having a good mentor, someone that you can, you know, tuck in behind and let them draft for you. Like that's, that's something that's always worked for me in, in my career. So now you've gotten, I mean, this, just again, you just reinforcing a lot of things we've talked about in the podcast before. Mentorship, having a good team around you, because uh, you don't have to know everything. Nope. You don't have to be a lone ranger. You just, nope. you just play to your strengths and right. you delegate your weaknesses. Yep. So I love that. So let's talk about strengths real quick uh, as, as we're wrapping up here and, and talking through your, your app process. You know, this is something I ask every one of our guests, Scott, and <laughs> it's, you know, what do you feel like your doer superpower is? What's that? that trait or value that you've been able to leverage even outside of run buddy in your other businesses, that's just been a, a strength for you and you've been able to leverage over the years. You know, you, you gave me that note before in the free <laughs> you know, deal. And I was like, man, what is my superpower? And I'm a self deprecating Irish Catholic. I have no superpower. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, 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 I can't say I do, but I will tell you that like um, the, I don't give up when I want something um, you can tie bricks to my feet. Like I'm going to keep up and do what I need to do. And I will not disappear. Um, I've proven that to myself uh, time and time again. And I, when I started in the insurance side, like I, you know, I didn't go to school up in Massachusetts where I, my territory was, I didn't know anybody up there. I'm from New Jersey. Like, so I didn't know anybody so I wasn't making any sales. Like I was not selling anything like that. So I was, man, I, I had enough food to literally buy enough Campbell's soup to get me to the next paycheck. Mm. I had an apartment with no furniture. Uh, I had not, I had two chairs uh, that I took from my grandmother's house that she gave me. And I had my TV from college and that's it. And that went for about a year. Mm. Now, a lot of time, there's a lot of time where I thought I should give up. And like, I just, I was skinny. 
like I, you can see it. I, I, man, I weighed 145 pounds. Like I was just, uh, my clothes didn't, like I just wasn't eating. All I did was work, 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 work. And then it stunk when Friday showed up because I didn't know anybody and I had no money to go out. So Friday would show up and I'd be like, oh, great. Friday's here. And I would just be stuck in my apartment until Monday morning. It was awful, yeah. but it was also awesome because I needed to find my way out of that. So I devoted myself to learning what I was, what my product was, who I should be targeting. Uh, and there was a lot of, you know, lessons learned in that. Uh, and then it turns out, and now you fast forward 20 years, you know, it's my 20th year in the business. And like, I now own my own insurance brokerage and I created my own insurance products. Mm -hmm. All those really awesome lessons that I learned in mechanics, like how to, what insurance is. I, I, I just, I, I became a better mechanic at what my, my calling was instead mm -hmm. of just knowing how to sell. It was like, right. okay, so really be a good, you know, mechanic of, of, you know, what that pile of paper, that really expensive pile of paper was. Uh, so yeah, I'm just not giving up is really the thing that if I want to be here, like if I want to do something, uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right. And I'm going to make a lot of good decisions in order to get me to where I need to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I could hear that as you were talking, you know, talking about run, Betty, making all the phone calls, being resourceful, doing whatever you need to do to get it done. So I'll, I'll definitely agree with that just by our you mean, I knew you at the Citadel, but now with our short conversation here, I could definitely see and hear that in your voice. So, <laughs> so as we're wrapping this up, let's just finish up the, the process with the app. Yep. So you're, you, you're getting all the, the team together, yep. uh, you know, all the logistics, the, bat, the stuff on the, the, that people don't see. Because all yeah. they see is the app, you know, they see the nice logo and they see that yeah. it works. Yeah. So talk about the relationship as far as maybe the back and forth between the engineers, the software guys in from getting the app from conceptual thought to yeah. actually getting it on the phone. Yeah. So it took about a year. So it was a long process because not only do you, I mean, they're busy too. They've got other jobs. You have to fit into a queue. Uh, and then there's the, the testing and the testing and the building and the beta testing. And then you finally launch. So it was almost a year that it took for it to go live. And it was, it was a, a fast year. Uh, it was an expensive year. And then you're not just done there. So once you get it live and you're back and forth with the engineers, getting it exactly right, you know, you bring in your beta testers that are helping you because, I've got Android phones. I don't have any Apple phones. So we needed someone. So we had testers running on Apple phones, mm -hmm. using it on their runs, you know, so we were just had a lot of people that were helping us develop the app and, and make it more bulletproof. And then that doesn't end every month. There's something that you got to fix. There's something that you find a bug that you got to kill. You find a new amenity that you want to add. Uh, Apple says, hey, you've got to do something different with your app in order to continue selling on our store. And some of those things are expensive and they're not, some of them aren't sexy at all. They're just something in order for you to continue selling on their platform, you have to comply with something. And that something might cost you $6,000 to mm -hmm. do. And that's, I mean, it's, so you just have to be, it, it's just a lot of work. And mm -hmm. it's just, you, you just have to, but it's not impossible. And what a time to be thinking about apps and online type stuff. What has just happened with this whole COVID thing? I'm looking at it as another, as another industrial revolution, just digitally, where you think of all these people who are now relying on their phones to get that product dropped off at a curb or at their house. Uh, restaurants are doing things entirely different now. This is forcing us in this digital landscape and I think if, I think this is a wonderful opportunity, there's going to be a huge wealth transfer with people that are that If you can get involved and, and create an app that solves a problem for a, a, for a portion of the market, I mean, just, I mean, it's there. And people don't have to look very far. They just have to know what they're good at. Like what, like what, what are they, like me, it was distance running, right? So I, we found something 
in an area that, and we're solving a problem, you know, and there's some altruism to it. There's a lot of altruism to it. Um, so people don't have to look that far. If they can just look in front of their world that they know, you know, the, they understand it. They could build something that will make their part of the world a little better. And, you know, and it, it's going to help a lot of people out. So it's, there's tons of opportunity out there right now. Mm-hmm. People are tons of it. So if you could go back, Scott, you know, it's funny you said, um, you know, you met a guy named Marty. If let's say we were in Back to the Future and Marty comes up and he, he pulls up in the old DeLorean with the professor in there and they're like, Scott, get in the car. <laughs> we could go back to the beginning of Run Buddy um, and meet yourself and you get permission from the professor to meet yourself. You're not going to mess with the future or yep, anything like right. that. Yep, yep. What is one piece of advice you would give to the past Scott to make this app process easier for you moving forward? Uh, um, the, I don't, I don't, I haven't learned any hard lessons yet. Mm-hmm. So that I haven't, uh, I haven't, there's I, the, me getting in the car is not worth it yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe in a couple months, maybe it could be tomorrow that I learned that hard lesson. And I, I should go back in the car and say, Scott, grab him by the shirt and say, uh-huh. don't you do this or you should do this. Um, we haven't learned that lesson yet. Now that's also because we, you know, Ruthie and I, like we've been in business for a long time. Mm-hmm. So we've learned, this isn't, I'm not, we're not just going to like, we, we've already learned a lot of hard lessons. There's an enormous amount of blood mm-hmm. on the floor from the decisions that we made, you know, going way back when, uh, I'll give you a different, like, instead of run buddy, I'll talk to you about on the, the agency side, the, mm-hmm. the, the brokerage side. So I had two business partners when we first started, uh, in 2010, awesome guys. I could not have done it without him. I call him my brothers. I love them to this day. You know, when I see him out, you know, I, I love him to death. We should have structured the deal entirely different. Uh, everyone wants to be a partner. They want to do things and be partners. Uh, and that's what we did. We owned the agency a third, a third, a third. We didn't have to do it that way. Uh, I am still to this day paying off the note that I used to buy out my last partner. Uh, I have spent more buying out my partners than I did on college. In fact, I could have paid for almost three colleges, three, four year colleges Mm. in the amount of me buying them out all because we didn't do the structure right. So one partner uh, owned a health insurance brokerage and he just wanted a place, a trusted place where he could bring his commercial clients and, um, cross sell, like bring me in on the workers' compensation and the property and the automobiles and stuff like that for the business and for him to get a cut of that action. That's no problem. We could have worked that out without him owning Mm -hmm. an agency. Um, The other partner was going to give me access. So in the world of commercial insurance, I can't just sign up and say, hey, travelers, I want to represent you, right? Travelers is going to say, hey, that's great. You want to represent us, but we need a half a million dollars in business today before we even give you access to our programs. And I didn't have that. We had zero. We had zero when we started. So my other partner, he had access to all these markets So because uh, he had an existing agency. So what I did is I we created a, this LLC underneath his agency so I could access all these underwriters that I can sell their product and we can make money. So he also owned a third of it. He didn't have to either because not in addition to him owning a third of the business, I was paying him, I think it was 20% or something like that for all of the business that we sent through his agency for as a brokerage fee. So really all he, that's what he wanted. He could have just been making that 20% all along. So he would have been making his cut. He would have been getting, you know, his trusted place to put business and he would have been getting his cut. And all along, Scott Sutter would have owned 100% of the agency instead of me buying out 66% of the agency. That was an expensive, that was an expensive lesson that I'm still paying for. I will pay off the note next month after five years. Oh, wow. So uh, if there's anything that I would, I would go to, to people that are looking to start a business, 
like that's great you want to be partners with your best friend Mm -hmm. but you can't don't certainly don't want to hurt your relationship with your best friend right because you want them forever that's more important to have a best friend forever but you you just there's other ways to do it than being a partner right there are certain circumstances where you can be a partner but if you're going to be partners then use an agreement Mm -hmm. um I was in a better position with my partners because they had owned their businesses. They're about 10 years older than me. Um, and one of them said, Scott, you're going to be doing all the work. And when you get mad that you're doing all the work and we're taking money, don't get mad, come to us and we're going to figure it out. So at least he knew, you know, these guys were, you know, they, they, they didn't want to see anything bad happen and they've been around the block before they knew, you know, what happens right so uh it was good to be involved with other senior guys that knew how to run a business and stuff like that mm-hmm. but if there was advice that if where i could get into the car if if, if doc were to show up and he's and he'd flip open that clamshell door you know or you know, going or whatever you call him you know and jump in the delorean that that's what i would be i would sit down with those three the three of us and be like listen you guys don't have to structure this deal as well right right so now that uh, that obviously was a time it would have been good to have a mentor or somebody to talk with prior to going into that partnership. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, my, yeah, it would have been good to, cause you're excited. Yeah. You know? Cause you're here, you know, I'm going to have my first business. I'm going to be a business owner and you're excited and you're going to, you're breaking free of, you know, that, your other employers and stuff like that. And there's a lot of romanticism to it that you're, uh, that something is finally happening. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get caught up in that. We did a lot of right. The three of us, there was a lot of right. Like I'm, I'm telling you, like there's so much good that came out of it. I just wish it wasn't so expensive and it didn't yeah. have to be so expensive. Um, so that's, that's, I, so I, I, I offered that up to the, uh, <laughs> to the, to the membership. That's great, man. So as we're wrapping this up, Scott, what um, what's next for Run Buddy? What's what's next for you guys in the future? Uh, yeah. So what we're gonna be, what we're gonna start doing is we really haven't been marketing. All of our users have come from just organic people finding us. We're, we've done a couple like Facebook ads and stuff like that. Uh, but with us bringing Kelly on, we're going to begin targeting uh, different groups that are larger, different running clubs. Uh, we've got some associations that we're targeting that uh, fit our target market, where if they buy the app, they'll put an ad up on their, you know, like a link up on their website. And if they buy the app through their site, we'll pay them for it. You know, so every subscription that comes through. So not only are we support, not only are is more of run buddy getting out there onto the market and more people being safe because the more users we have, the safer people are going to be, but we're also supporting that nonprofit that especially in times like this, that needs that revenue stream. It's essentially going to open up a second revenue stream uh, for that association. So this way it's going to, um, you know, it's a good, it'll be a good partnership. So we've got some, uh, some, companies that we're going to, we're going to target specifically. And that's going to be our next, uh, our next really cool stuff in development from a software perspective. Mm. Uh, what can I tell you? And then there's even some more stuff. Like like, we've got some (laughs) really cool stuff that we have going on, but it's more just like, we just need to, as we're letting, anyway, we've got some really cool stuff going on. We're excited. We're excited that it's, uh, that it's coming out. So. Well, I'm, I'm proud of you because I think you just heard Ruthie in your head saying, don't share too much. Don't right shut now. up. Yeah, I get yelled at all the time. Like, she's ahead, like stop. stop telling everybody everything. And I'm just like, all right, okay, fine. So yeah, I'm just, I'm, we've got some really cool stuff going on. It, it, there's, oh. there's some exciting stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's really neat. So it's, uh, yeah, exciting stuff in front of us. That's great, man. I've really, I've enjoyed this conversation, Scott. And so as we're wrapping up here, I want you to go out there. You know, Scott has has shared a lot of great things. Number one, if you're a runner, biker, uh, endurance athlete, any type of athlete, you need to go check out Run Buddy. You can go to your app store and whatever type of phone you have, and you can just type in Run Buddy. You'll see it there. And then also you can go to www.getrunbuddy.app. 
app. And you can check it. it out there too. So check right. that out. You get a seven day uh, free trial, correct? With right. all the bells and whistles and for less than, what'd you say? $10 a year. $99 a year, $9.99 a year or 99 cents a month. And you can cancel it anytime you want. That's well worth the investment for the peace of mind that you're safe, that your loved one's safe. So definitely go out there and check that out. And uh, you can also go on social media, Facebook, uh, type in Run Buddy, oh, yeah. and you can follow Scott and Ruthie and their journey with their app and their community there as well. So Scott, man, I've enjoyed this. Felt like a little bit of a reunion. Yeah, I know. This is great. Know, Thanks man. so much, man. Seeing that beautiful head of hair again <laughs> and, and, and your awesome story, man, you, you dropped so much knowledge. I mean, just outside of apps, you know, just talking about business, you know, life, not giving up. I think this conversation was so valuable, man, is going to be one that I go back and listen to too, because you, you shared so much good stuff. So I just want to thank you for, for all that you're doing, man, not just in your own business, but with the Run Buddy app. And I love how you say, you and Ruthie say you guys are stewards in this community. I think that's wonderful, man. Well, thanks, man. And Carlos, thanks for all the stuff you're doing too. Like this is, uh, I need, I, this is, this is well, for those of you that didn't know Carlos, Carlos has always been this way. He's always helping people and he was never too cool. He was fast in college. He was fast and he was always willing. He always had an open door policy, you know, guys like me to come to him and he would always give us, you know, he was, a, he was a coach in the, in the locker room. So for him to be doing this, this is so within his personality. Uh, and Carlos, thanks so much, man. Like hopefully, you know, this helps somebody, uh, and thanks, man. Like, just thanks. Keep doing what you're doing too, man. I appreciate you, brother. All right. Do his journey family. Appreciate you listening to this podcast, please. If, if you know somebody that could benefit from this, whether it's somebody in the endurance community that could benefit from the run buddy app, or if you just know somebody that can benefit from something that you heard Scott share when it comes to business or mentality, please do share this with them. And as we always say, you know, go out there, make it a great day. And remember, don't just be a hearer, go out there and be a doer. Thank you for listening to the Doer's Journey podcast. If you'd like to connect on social media, you can go to Instagram or Facebook and search the Doer's Journey podcast and we'll connect there. And also subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating. By leaving us a rating, you let us know how we can help you on your Doer's Journey and you also help other people find this podcast. Now go out there, make it a great day. And remember, don't just be a hearer, go out there and be a doer.